Hi, I'm Tim Shanahan, and this is Shanahan on Literacy, where we believe that there is nothing nobler than to teach someone to read. Today, we're going to explore the idea of reading stamina, and I'm going to answer a teacher's question about how best to divide up reading text for classroom discussion. This entry is a blast from the past. Uh, the entry first appeared on my website on July 10th, 2021, and was reissued on July 15th, 2023, two years later. Questions about this issue arise from time to time, so I thought this would be a good opportunity to re-release this blog entry. Now, I, I was able to find no new research on this matter, uh, though there are some recent dissertation studies that suggest kids aren't getting enough reading opportunity in, in their English classes. The dissertation writer's solutions seem to be that stamina is best built by having kids read self-selected books independently with a minimum of, of teacher involvement or teacher guidance. They report that kids like this more than having traditional instruction, so they, they do more reading. My problems with this are twofold. Uh, first, uh, research has not been particularly positive about those kinds of approaches and their impacts on student reading achievement. <laughs> Enabling kids to read for longer, but at lower levels of proficiency seems like a bad compromise. And second, stamina is not always so generalizable. I know adults who can immerse themselves in schlock novels for hours, but then struggle to concentrate and stay on task when told to read a 10-page science report for work. The point here is to do more than just encourage reading, but to encourage the types and amounts of reading that will allow our students to gain power over their lives. That's, that's the real point of teaching literacy. Originally, the teacher question that, that was sent to me uh, was this. The teacher writes, I'm curious, what does the research say about the lengths of text segments in a guided reading lesson? How many pages should kids read prior to our discussions? I teach third grade. My response is this. Unfortunately, in this era of the science of reading, there is no research-based answer. No one, as far as I can tell, has bothered to study the question, though it's been an issue for at least a century. What do we know about it? Well, studies of how kids do on reading tests show that there are real differences in the reading stamina that they're able to exhibit. Some readers start out fine, but as a test goes on and they have to read more and more, they wear down. They simply can't sustain the attention, concentration, and energy required to read well for the full length of the test. Kids from different countries differ in their psychological endurance during reading. Another study found that text complexity and length interacted to impact reading comprehension. Longer texts were harder than shorter texts, and length multiplied the impact of complexity factors. Why would that be? Well, apparently, longer stretches of text can be more complex linguistically. For example, the longer a written argument, the more elaborate can be its premises and the interconnections among its parts. Linguistic studies have looked at longer versus shorter texts, and there's a tendency for greater linguistic sophistication, complexity, and subtlety in the longer ones. That's cool, but it doesn't really answer your question. The reason is that it has nothing to do with the role that length may take in teaching. It provides no clue about how best to chunk those instructional texts. 
A long text that's cut into three pieces wouldn't be linguistically simpler than it was originally, but such dividing might play an important role in learning. It might support it. It might interfere with it. There are also those studies showing that length impacts reading comprehension itself, how well the students can understand the text. All things being equal, comprehending a long text poses greater psychological demands on readers than shorter texts. Text length may affect memory, reasoning, inferencing, and even motivation. I know some of you might be thinking, well, aren't those developmental? Isn't that just an age level thing? And, and, and therefore, uh, stamina will build as, as the students uh, develop. Well, that, that earlier study that I noted that found different levels of, of concentration and stamina across the students of different countries uh, suggests that that isn't the case, that this isn't some natural psychological phenomena. It, it really is tied to your reading opportunities and your opportunities to learn. But again, none of that really helps. The, the, that text length affects comprehension says nothing about how to enable students to do better with longer texts. Back in the 1920s, when Basel readers first introduced teachers' editions with prefab lessons, the idea of dividing stories for discussion became a thing. They didn't rely much on research in those days. I found a couple of old studies on dividing texts for discussion, and they reported conflicting results. One study said that asking questions throughout led to higher comprehension, and another said it was better to group the questions at the end uh, and to not interfere, not to interrupt. The differences weren't great either way. Nevertheless, the Basils broke stories into parts, with kids reading longer segments of text as they proceeded up the grades. First-grade stories were shorter than those aimed at the older kids, and the discussion segments were graduated, too. Beginners would read a page, perhaps one or two sentences, and then they'd discuss. The older students might be asked to read two to four pages at a time, with considerably more words on each page. Does that gradual increase approach work? Does it stretch kids out? I suspect that it does and, and, and think those approaches are sound and that we could do better, uh, do that better, but I couldn't find any evidence on this either way. Some authorities claim it's best to have kids read books rather than selections because of the need to build stamina. There's no question that reading 100 pages instead of 10 should increase the stamina building opportunity. However, it's kind of like working on somebody's running by starting with a marathon. The well-developed runners may love the challenge, but the beginners may be a bit intimidated. The idea here, as with other well-known endurance tasks, is that stamina is learned, it's developed, and it rarely results without intentional effort. The focus of the advice provided here is on the silent reading of students in grades two, three, and up. I'm not suggesting uh, that we should ever really be doing round-robin kinds of, of reading beyond those beginning readers. Uh, so what am I suggesting? Well, the first, let's talk about consistency. If you want kids to build reading stamina, they have to read. They must read pretty much every day. However, this needs to be accountable reading, not the, not the reading where kids are just sent off on their own to read anything for pleasure. Developing the ability to sustain reading focus depends on more than just reading a bunch of words. Here, I'm not talking so much about kids reading on their own as I am about having kids read in reading class, social studies class, science class, and so on. 
Start with rather short sections of a text, a, a sentence, a paragraph, a page. Then monitor your student's success with these brief reads. I encourage kids to write answers to questions at the end of these segments so I can determine who's comprehending well and who isn't. I often visit classrooms where kids aren't expected to read much. Text is there, but it's read aloud, round-robin fashion with the teacher telling kids what it means. Or even when a text is read silently by the kids, there may be little real effort to determine how well they understood what the text said or what barriers to understanding they may have confronted. Such reading is a task. It gets completed, but it probably contributes very little to learning. It's great if you can get kids to read on their own beyond this kind of sanctioned reading. Have kids keep a book available for any downtime in the classroom, such as when an assignment has been completed and they must wait for the others. Certainly encourage and, and support kids reading at home, too, making it a regular part of their own personal lives. But this reading needs to involve increasing demands. The amounts of text that students are asked to read should increase gradually. This increase should take place in two ways. First, the text segments that students are asked to read prior to any discussion or other activity should be lengthened. And second, the amount of classroom reading expected each week should go up too. I'd suggest having a spring goal for second graders of about 400 words per segment. Early in the year, you might start out having kids read a paragraph and then discuss. Over the next 30 weeks, you'd increase, a little at a time, uh, the amounts of text that students would be expected to read. My goal for grade 3 might be 500 to 600 words at a time, and for four, grade 4, perhaps 700 or 750. Now remember, these are targets, not starting points. Uh, those would be good targets since they would enable most students to meet the demands of accountability. These are these text lengths are end-of-year goals. Remember, the students must comprehend well. Let's say that your kids read one paragraph at a time, and they've nailed it with good comprehension. It would make sense to increase the segments to two or three paragraphs. If they still comprehend those well, terrific. Keep increasing it. But if they don't, then you might have to drop back a bit and increase more slowly. I would also strongly recommend that you let the kids in on what you're up to and talk about the importance of sustained concentration. Give them some guidance. It can help to say the words in your head, or it can help if you stop at the end of each sentence or paragraph and think about what that meant, then read some more. Encourage the students to talk about issues like mind-wandering and how to resist that or what to do when they're not understanding. Lengthening the segments doesn't change the amount of reading they're doing, however. A separate consideration is needed for how much to increase the amounts of reading expected each week. Marathon runners in training increase their distances about 5 to 10% each week. Increasing the amounts of reading by 4 to 5% weekly across a school year would be almost imperceptible initially, but like compound interest, it would pay off in the long run. If students are in school 30 hours each week, then expecting 1 to 2 hours per work of real, accountable, sustained reading doesn't seem onerous or out of line, even in the primary grades. In fact, it sounds like too little. Harder, shorter sprints. 
Another trick of endurance runners is that they punctuate their longer, easier runs with shorter, more demanding ones. These sprints make them stronger. Speed isn't our training issue in reading, though it can be a valuable outcome of such practice, but text difficulty levels are. Kids have to handle increasingly difficult, increasingly challenging texts. So let's say your third graders are reading off and on throughout their school day, and in reading class, they can handle 300-word grade-level text segments as well. I'd suggest once or twice a week having an exercise in which those students read one or two 50 to 100-word text segments from a fourth or fifth grade book. I wouldn't just spring this on kids. I'd tell them what I'm up to. Their speed is not the issue here, but high comprehension is, so they should slow down as much as they need to and work hard to make sense of the text, reading and rereading as necessary. These crunches or sprints provide wonderful opportunities for learning. I'm certain the kids will want to talk about new vocabulary or the sentences that really slowed them down and what to do about those. The challenge level of these exercises uh, will help to provide students with a renewed confidence when they get back to more appropriately leveled texts, uh, texts at their grade level. There are lots of ways to organize these challenge exercises, but however you do it, think of the marathoner's mantra, longer, easier, shorter, harder. When you're going to do a distance run or a long read, you want the workload to be relatively easy. Conversely, when you're trying to build strength, like taking on a much harder text, you want the amount of sustained work to be lessened. Take a break. If you want to build stamina in your students, then you must create an environment in which pressure and maximum effort is intermittent, not constant. Runners and cyclists work hard, but they also do cross-training and take days off. The body can only take so much punishment. What is true for the body is true for the mind. Students need to be expected to work hard, sometimes. But they also need breaks and opportunities to engage less intensely. There are lots of ways of organizing a school day. One that I would suggest is to look for those periods of time in the day that take the kids' heads a whole different direction, like art, music, or physical education. If your students are going to play active games in the gymnasium at 11 a.m., then why not schedule an intensive reading session just before that? Or after several weeks of increasingly demanding text segments punctuated with challenge drills, what if you just did a week in which kids were expected to manage their own reading with few educational demands? Good readers can read significantly lengthy texts while sustaining attention and holding key information in memory. They manage to do this not just with texts that they find easy or that they enjoy reading, but with those that they will need to read to succeed academically and in other social and professional venues. Teachers should operate more like strength and conditioning coaches, helping students not only to know more, but to develop the stamina needed for success. Researchers also need to come up with better ways of helping teachers to accomplish the stamina goal than the suggestions provided here.
Now, this blog, of course, didn't have a lot of research to go on. There are only two research references for it, and and sadly, those are are more descriptive of the issues that this teacher raised than they are in terms of of providing us with well-validated instructional interventions. In any event, it's been a pleasure speaking with you, and I look forward to the opportunity up the road. Uh, Thank you, and thank Greg Johnson, our sound engineer. Thanks so much.